0: Uh, Oli Gierstad, welcome to Amandla again. Hi, Doug. Um, Last night, you and I had the great privilege of uh, being at the gala uh, opening of the Montreal Black Film Festival. Uh, It has a longer, more official name, but I think that's how you'll find it, uh, MontrealBlackFilm.com. And and we saw a very special film, uh, quite apart from the gala uh, opening uh, stuff. Uh, The film was Kalushi, the story of Solomon Mashlangu. Um, can you tell us a little bit of what you know about this festival and its background?
1: The festival has been going for about 10 years. It's uh, started by a very dynamic, charismatic woman, Fabienne Collas, who has the Fondation Fabienne Collas. They do a lot. She is from Haiti. And initially, this the foundation and also the festival has grown out of just that. Haitian community and taken in essentially uh, the Montreal Black community in of, of all its elements, but also branched out from there. And we have so many film festivals in Montreal that you wonder how how can we possibly even those of us who love films go there. But this has become a really good festival, and. Um, Kalushki, which opened the festival this year, is is a wonderful film. We'll talk about it Mm -hmm. um, later. But there are many other good films. I'll try to catch some of them. There is a great film about Oliver Jones, the great Montreal pianist, for example. And uh, it's impressive, and it's encouraging. And it was really nice to be there last night and be part of the opening, but also to see this fantastic film.
0: Exactly. I was uh, very, very impressed with uh, the, the, the amount of hard work that's gone into pulling together more than 66 films to be shown in, in, in the period of less than a week and uh, and how much uh, organisational uh, support that she's managed to pull together and is starting to see it grow into something even bigger and better with Telefilm Canada making commitments, with uh, Videotron making commitments, with uh, that sort of stuff. That was uh, quite impressive. You even got Pierre-Carl Pelletot there to speak for three minutes.
1: Yep, yeah, He looked happy to be there. Let's see what he comes up with. (laughs) Exactly. If he will walk the walk.
0: So, uh, to the film. This is a film by a chap named Mandla Dubey. Now, what do we know about Mandla Dubey, the director, producer?
1: He's um, he's, uh, 46 years old. His parents sent him out of South Africa to go to school in the United States while apartheid was still around. Ah, okay. Then he came back. He got... um, uh, general schooling he also got film training he went to the same school as Denzel Washington Samuel Jackson Spike Lee in in Atlanta well, among was... other things he came back in 94 to South Africa and found that there really was no film industry to speak of you know this is just around the time of the first democratic election Absolutely. in South Africa and for years and years he worked as a cinematographer in South Africa and on other international films. It took him eight years to make this film. And what is remarkable about this is that it's a story as opposed to bringing in big names, um, Idris Elba or Denzel Washington to play Morgan Freeman, to play South African heroes of the struggle in the films that have been made. This is an all-South African cast. The South African languages, Xhosa, uh, Afrikaans, uh, Zulu, are spoken in the film, even Portuguese, as we move the action into um, Mozambique next door. And you really get the feeling that this is, this is from the inside. This is a story told by the people it belongs to, carried out by the people it belongs to. And it's very appropriate because Solomon Hatlangu, the character in the film, the story about him, became an icon in the apartheid struggle. We'll go into his story in a minute. He was a hero. He was executed by the apartheid regime. And in the years that I lived in South Africa, in um, southern Africa in Mozambique next door, the name of Solomon Marlango among young South Africans while apartheid was still around was really, he was a shining light. The ANC had a school, I believe.
0: Absolutely. In fact, uh, I was in Lusaka at the time that he was uh, arrested and throughout his trial. And of course, it became a cause celebre for the ANC to... Uh, to uh, have uh, an international campaign to try to prevent the hanging of uh, Solomon in 1979. Uh, and I was there throughout that and was uh, doing what we could through our connections in the NGO world and the church world in Canada to, uh, to promote that uh, opposition to the hanging. And it was, uh, it, was, it was amazing. They set up a school in Morogoro in Tanzania and they gave that name to it, Solomon Mashlangu Freedom College, Sumafco. And uh, and I was there before they had any of the buildings. It uh, was still an old sisal plantation, but they did all their best to honor his name even before he had been executed.
1: So here's the story. Um, he was in uh, a township in South Africa, in Soweto, just as the famous 1976 Soweto uprising took part. That's when the South African police killed how many uh, Oh, it dozens and dozens, dozens, dozens of, of school children in was. a slaughter of young secondary school students in a peaceful demonstration against the Bantu education system. Subsequently, like hundreds of other young South Africans, Solomon and his friends leave South Africa clandestinely. They make their way to Mozambique. They linger in a refugee camp for a long time. They want to join the liberation struggle, but the ANC is not in a position to receive all of these people and at the same time maintain the strict security and organization that they need. So after months of of wasting away in a refugee camp, demoralized, they do uh, get picked up by the ANC. Solomon is taken to Angola he's given military training and after some difficult and frustrating months there you know all these young guys want is to go back home and fight the apartheid regime give us the guns give us the guns Uh, let us do what we came here to do but is the ANC ready are the conditions in South Africa ready that of course was the big question Solomon and his friends, three friends, are, I believe, among the very first ones to actually be sent back, smuggled back inside South Africa. Yes, by way of Swaziland at the time. Mozambique, Angola, Mozambique, Swaziland, and then into Northeastern South Africa. And they are to engage in sabotage. The policy is not to attack or kill civilians. Uh, that's very clear in ANC instructions and in their marching orders. Nevertheless, they are quickly discovered before they can do anything. There is shooting. Two white civilians are killed. Solomon and his friends are captured. They are tried and then sentenced to death. And ultimately, in 1979, so they we, are hanged.
0: They're hanged. Now, in terms of the film, uh, I, I, I think at each stage of the process that you've described, we see it as a very, uh, again, out of the eyes of South African, a very gritty reality. It's no, no glamour, no, no heroics, no uh, romanticization of it. It's uh, uh, Solomon himself wasn't even present at the Soweto uprising because he, he didn't really believe he should be there. He was out selling vegetables to support his family. And, uh, and, uh, and yet his girlfriend went. Uh, and uh, she's the one who tells us a story. Uh, Solomon, while he's selling his vegetables, is brutally assaulted and uh, humiliated by the white policeman who, who urinates on him as he's got him standing down, on the, uh, standing with his head, foot on, the guy's, on Solomon's back. And, and that, more than anything... Uh, it enrages. It, it, it just, the total humiliation of that, along with the historical memory of their family losing their land and the father not making it through all of that.
1: And, and remember, as we see in the film, his brother was a prison god. Yes. And his brother was very much opposed to Solomon getting involved in any kind of politics. It's strictly for a family like that, living in the township, um, of Uh it's a question of survival
0: it's a survival mode and,
1: and also religion is very strong oh, yes. and clearly yes. the mother puts her faith in, in, in God that he will see justice and she expects Solomon to do the same but for Solomon it's too, too late and too much, he must go and do what he must do
0: and so the next thing we find them getting across the border, uh, barely escaping the South African helicopter border patrol, uh, and then being picked up by Mozambican troops, and, uh, and not necessarily being welcomed as heroes as they escape from South Africa, but being quite, uh, quite roughly treated, and, um, and of course put in a refugee camp, and again... Conditions were such that, uh, that uh, nobody was ready for the wave of young people that were coming out of uh, South Africa and the numbers they came out of. So they spent those six months uh, living in a, the hulk, the wreck of an old plane and, uh, and, um, and uh, much below the dignity of the life they'd even known in South Africa. Uh, and again, not, not having anything to do with the struggle, being so frustrated that they couldn't be in contact with the ANC. Uh, so they gained a gritty reality, very, very, uh, no, nothing happy, nothing heroic about what they were going through at all. And the stress and the tensions and the, the, the trying to keep even a modicum of discipline amongst themselves while that was all going on. Finally, the training.
1: Yeah, and the training is, uh, the training is hard. Uh, there hasn't been, when they get uh, into the training camp in south of Luando, There hasn't been any armed activity. There hasn't been any attempt by ANC guerrillas or any other armed militants to fight apartheid for more than ten years. There was an attempt uh, to go through Zimbabwe in nineteen sixty-seven. The wanky campaign. The wanky campaign together with Zapo guerrillas from Zimbabwe Um, that failed and. Now, 10 years later, ANC is trying to relaunch the actual guerrilla campaign armed struggle inside the country. It's dangerous. Um, It's a formidable challenge because the South African security apparatus is everywhere, Um, not only um, in its military force and organization, but the the spying, the infiltration of the liberation movement was always a huge concern. A huge, huge problem. When I worked uh, in, in radio in Mozambique, we had several of these young South Africans, we called them the Soweto kids, and um, they were part of our students being trained in radio work. And one of them, his name was Gibson, was poisoned and died Uh, By uh, an infiltrator, a black South African who came to presumably join the ANC, was accepted into its ranks and proceeded to actually kill several of the ANC members before he was caught and dealt with. And uh, this was the reality.
0: That was very much our experience in Lusaka as well. Very, very problematic, and Osaka of course, was even closer to the, the heartbeat central of the, the, the ANC's uh, external operations, so it, uh, it was particularly vulnerable. I no great pride in saying that a, a white student leader who fled South Africa and was uh, widely accepted by one of the more important uh, NGOs that had been supporting the liberation struggle, Craig Williamson, actually passed through my house and sat on my, my chairs and chatted with me. Uh, and only later did we discover that he was an operative of the police and was he betrayed. was a major. He, a major. He, in, in the South
1: African He was a major in South African intelligence.
0: He was a major, yep. major one. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's, that sort of stuff was very, very uh, important and, and, and uh, it, 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 throughout the whole struggle, uh, the, 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 the undermining of the struggle by these infiltrators was, uh, was an important uh, an essential uh, problematic they had to overcome all the time.
1: So, in short, I think we can say, Doug, that the film—it's about a heroic figure, but it deals with a very, very difficult part in the South African liberation struggle. Absolutely, a time where the ANC was trying to relaunch the struggle inside South Africa, and um, as we know, it wasn't easy, and it took ten years after. Solomon Lango's episode was over before they were finally successful.
0: And and this is important to contextualize in several other places or in other ways. The Soweto Uprising wasn't a, a, a spontaneous event out of the blue. It had been building over quite a bit of time the opposition to the Bantu education, the imposition of Afrikaans as the language of instruction, the, uh, the rise of the Black Consciousness Movement we spoke only a month ago, on this station, about uh, this program about uh, Steve Biko, uh, this, the 40th anniversary of his uh, assassination, his murder by the South African police, uh, which was barely uh, months after the Soweto uprising. And Steve Biko and the Black Consciousness Movement were a very important part of sensibilizing, or what is the English word, sensitizing and uh, politicizing uh, the student movement uh, at that time. Uh, giving it the language of, of black power, of, of black consciousness, and um, and at the same time, uh, to put it in a, yet another context, a more international context, Mozambique and Angola just got their independence in 1975, and, uh, and that too uh, made a huge change inside South Africa because it meant that where previously Portuguese border, uh, Portuguese colonies had bordered South Africa and provided a, 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 a sponge, a, a tampon, a, 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 sanitaire. South Africans had nowhere to run to. They'd run into the hands of the Portuguese secret police if they left. Well, suddenly those countries are now independent, uh, militant uh, freedom fighters have taken over those countries and are more than willing to support the struggle of their brothers in southern Africa. And, uh, and so uh, I, I believe there was a whole chain of c- historical context here that, that comes together to give Solomon Mashlangu the film, the Soweto business, the ANC c having to come to grips with a new reality. All of that comes together, I think, in this film very nicely.
1: What I was interested in is, you know, apartheid now, formally speaking, is 20 years in the past. There is a whole generation uh, growing up the it's, Born Freeze. we call the it. The Born Freeze in South Africa, and as uh, the filmmaker, Mantla Dube says, uh, he, he teaches filmmaking at University of Rand in Johannesburg, that many of his students know little or, or almost nothing of what happened, which was part of his motivation to make this film. So I was wondering uh, what the reaction among those people in South Africa, the young people in South Africa, would be. Uh, we've been reading that uh, when the film opened in this Johannesburg suburb, people began singing during the screening of the film and they were singing freedom songs and shouting slogans and so on. Um, I think that's great. Um, What we also learned is that, um, you know, it's expensive to go to the movies in South Africa. The turnout to the film in the the regular commercial cinemas has not been great. And so I'm very heartened to see that um, they are now organizing a tour to take the film into the townships and into the rural areas. And some of the local governments uh, in South Africa are putting the film into schools. This is where it should be.
0: This is where it should be. This is the real important uh, message and lesson of Solomon and Longo is for those downtrodden people and uh, the ones who are still being left behind in the current South Africa. Uh, and, and by showing it in high-end cinemas, which basically, uh, rich people can go to, essentially, when the majority of South Africans just don't have the disposable income for that.
1: And you have to drive there and get back and forth. It's not... Uh, At nighttime time
0: in South Africa? You don't want to do that.
1: Right. So, um, I hope the film really gets around. I hope it also gets to be seen more outside South Africa. Mm. And I think people can go to the site of the film festival, or they can simply... Google the name of the film, Kalushi, because it's certainly going to show up on one or the other digital platforms, whether it's Netflix or HBO. If I haven't been enthusiastic
0: enough, go see this film. Make sure you see this film. This is an important, important film. The other thing that was... The only thing that was a disappointment for me was that Mandel Dube, who had been uh, advertised as being there for the gala wasn't able to, come, able to come from South Africa. Uh, but he was ably represented by another South African producer, Joseph Osei. And uh, he himself has a film in, a very another very important film, uh, Black Lives Matter is the name of it. It's playing Saturday night at the uh, park, I believe. At, uh, at the sep- Cinema Seb- Park. Cinema yeah. Park at 7 o'clock. Uh, 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 Joseph Osei himself is a very very articulate uh, representative for uh, for mandla he spoke very well on his behalf but also he himself is a uh, is a, a real um, um, you can see him as an educator because he's now taken with black lives matter the the story from solomon mshlangu and the historical context to the more recent uh, 2012 i believe or 2013 massacre of uh, 49 or 39 uh
1: mine workers, mine workers who, at, at the marikana mine. at the
0: marikana mine and he's now bringing the, the history up to date and 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 showing how uh, corporate uh, implication and control of the lives of south africans has not really changed all that much since uh, the time of, uh, of apartheid that's not emphasized in solomon but certainly does come out in uh, Black Lives Matter. Uh, Highly recommend that you see these. I'm so sorry we are checking this out after the film festival's over for letting you know about it and hope that you got to see some of the the very excellent films that are being there, including a number of good African ones.
1: Thank you, Doug. And I thank you. I enjoy talking about this and I hope, people get to see these films, and uh, we shall be talking again.
0: As I, uh, as I uh, said earlier in my uh, presentation about this show, um, uh, Amanda, not Amanda, Amanda Dube, was unable, the director and producer of the uh, Kalushi film was unable to be present. But uh, we have in our presence, uh, Wacey, uh, uh, Joseph Wasi, who is himself a filmmaker, accomplished filmmaker with a long background in making films, uh, South African films, and who uh, carried a message from Mla- Mandla. So uh, could you just tell a bit more about Mandla? Because it was, would be nice for the audience to know who he is and what how he got involved in all this.
2: Okay, thank you very much for this. Um, Mandla is a pretoria born and based uh, young man. He's uh, His speciality has been cinematography Um, and he's really sort of graduated from being a cinematographer into a director. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's trained in the United States and his um, leaning is more American I would say. which he, he enjoys you know he likes uh, doing those type of sort of movies but movies with with a meaning and i think uh, he feels that he's able to get through to not just a south african audience but to an international audience as well with that method and style of, of making his movies
0: well that was very clear from the film it is uh, very well done very nicely laid out uh, powerfully drawn
2: yeah. so um, he um, I think wanted to try and achieve through the making of this movie to show that South Africans are capable of being able to get to that level because there's always this sort of misconception outside that uh, you know only they can make the good movies and in his message, as he was saying, was that it was the first time that a South African icon in an international movie had been played by, by South a Africa. South African. And I think he really wanted to get that message across. And that.
0: very effectively so, I might add. Yeah.
2: So so, so um, he uh, spent um, approximately five weeks in the shooting of the, of, the, of the film and a few months in terms of rehearsals. And five weeks is like nothing. Nothing. When <laughs>
0: we saw his budget. It's yeah. amazing he managed yeah. to do it at all. Yes.
2: Yeah. So, so, um, uh, I think what, uh, and I think it, it goes also f- for me, that what we're trying to do is to be able to show that we do have the capabilities, the wherewithal to make quality productions with strong messages yeah.
0: perfect yeah. thank you so much <laughs> okay
3: <laughs>